take your time. Take your time, Pastor. Take your time. Man, someone said that in church last week. I said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, he, man, y'all better start at. tripping the man bit up here, preaching for an hour already. What you mean take your time? He already taking his time. In fact, you know, I feel inside my spirit that the Holy Spirit's actually <laughs> saying to speed this up a little bit. Right. God didn't say you have to be long-winded. That's true. That's definitely true. I would imagine that Jesus wasn't teaching for six hours. Nah, man. Hey, look, even Jesus went off to take a nap somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, that was hilarious. Take man. your time. But I be staring at people when they say that now in church. Man, Take like, your time, Pastor. They start getting eyes from me. I'm not gonna lie. Be sitting there. I turn my head, start glaring. Like, what you just say? Like, I want to see the originator of that. Like, you know how they have a brief history. Like, oh, this is the first person that ever did this. I want to see the person who said that line. Take your time, Pastor, because I just, I have a few words with them if they're still alive. Well, the crazy thing is, you know, it that comes from a couple different things, right? So, you mm. know, whenever you hear the people singing, they say, take your time. It really means that, hey, you screwing up. Take hey, your you time and let this, like, don't rush it, right? Mm-hmm. But then when they be telling that to a lot of speakers now, I think that's where it might have originated from, even with the pastors and speakers, too. But then somehow it developed into, no, nah, no, nah, we got all we got time for to be to be here all day. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say, like, you know, I don't want to hear the word, but listen, man, it, it's you got to know that your audience doesn't have the attention span to sit there while you preach for two hours after service is already going on for an hour for praise and worship, tithes and offering, and somebody preached for tithes and offering. Man, and bro, let's not forget, man, you got kids too. Like, that's why sometimes in service they have like their tablets with their headphones in. I'm like, who? Which man. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big supporter on kids being on. First of all, I don't. I'm not a supporter of kids being on electronics inside the house of God. Period. Yeah. Like for any reason, but I understand. Like the small children thing. Like. Yeah. yeah like I'm, yeah, like I'm talking about like kids, kids. Like, I'll say, no younger than five or six. Like, well, five or six and younger. A six like, year old one though, they could uh like yeah, like six is like pushing it though. Six is like okay, like you should be can, well enough. Six can sit there and listen to this word. But you know, that's yeah, why you got so, children's church. But even in churches are small that don't have children's church, right? Like for sure. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. That's that's a long time. Because even the kids that are in children's church, you know them children's mm-hmm. church, uh those uh children's church instructors, teachers, whatever you call them, gonna be sitting back there mm-hmm. like, Hey, these people ain't can't pick up their kid. Oh, pastor's still preaching. They'd be like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Looking at their watch, <laughs> Pastor better hurry. Come on now. No, for real though. Like I said, they service supposed to been over at two o'clock. It's three o'clock right now. Come on, Pastor. Oh my gosh, I remember. Y'all having days, revival? <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, oh my gosh, I remember. I can bring days. the kids in if you want. They can get the. <laughs> oh my. Gosh. Let the Holy Spirit fall on them. <laughs> no, hey, look, man. I remember at my other church. Um, because remember, I I'm transit, so I remember. I what time the bus? I think the bus came like one forty, and service ends at one thirty. You know, at the end, where everybody fellowship and they talk, bro. I literally had no time to talk to nobody for real. So even when uh, <laughs> I literally try to like, even if the pastor goes overtime, I, I talk to my friends like, "Hey, I'm I'm out here. I'm about to go. I got I missed my bus." <laughs> I remember I used to be like, <laughs> I cannot stay. Like, I love y'all, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I love y'all, but I gotta go. I love y'all, but you know, I I gotta you know, I see y'all in rehearsal on Saturday. Yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be, I'll be back. I'll be back eventually. No, all right. Eventually. You know, yeah, you know, catch me on Wednesday Bible study. Catch me there. I'll be there. Yeah, y'all y'all you know, just not right now. Like, <laughs> y'all got y'all got more time out of me than you was originally allotted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be happy. No. This is <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> Sounds terrible right now. Does it? Oh my gosh! This it's, yes, this sounds terrible right now. You know bro. what? You know what? I think I'm thinking about this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but when people say that, I think they appreciate time. Mm. Because they're getting older. So normally, when they say you take your time, but well, maybe this is me from people in my church, but they're like older, older. Normally, it's that the 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 mother of the church. She's like, take your time, pastor. She's enjoying that time because she spent time with God. And she's like, yo, take your time so I can digest this word that you're saying. Hey, man, I can spend time with God in my own. Pr- <laughs> <laughs> At Spot home. <laughs> in in my the car, car on my way. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, at my job, to be honest. Job, like, right, you know. No. Thank God I work for a Christian company where I can sit there and worship and ain't no one going to say a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually getting right my work done at the same time, but still. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, Ain't no like worship. It's, yeah. Well, then, what an intro. Uh, how have you been? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <the> intro. <laughs> All right, so, Rodney, what's up, man? What's up, what's up, man? What up, what up, Mike? How you feeling, man? Uh, I'm good. Welcome to the Godman Podcast, everybody. Yeah. yeah, the Godman Podcast. Y'all know what it is. We're here to encourage. We are here to empower. And we are here to uplift young men of God. And you know what? We got to stop saying just young men of God. We're here for the ladies, too. For sure, for sure. Because we did not know that we got some female audiences listening as well. So that's what that's good to hear man for real though that's really good to hear hey amen that is good to hear i am glad for our female listenership our ladies that are here we appreciate y'all so we will start you know this this is mainly you know has been for men and for young men of god but we will you know make sure we're not stepping over any lines being misogynistic or anything of that nature that's true that's true that's true because you know I'm we, not gonna say that I have a hey, proclivity <laughs> towards saying certain things. Let's just say this: my mom thinks I don't like women now. Oh, does she? Yo, fam, <laughs> I think she does. Like, because you know, recently I've been on the whole "I don't know if I even want to get married" kind of deal, and it ain't necessarily has to do with just women. Which don't get me wrong, part of it does. With a lot of the women I'm seeing and interacting with nowadays, have kind of got me to that point. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't found really the woman of God that holds the values. Come on now, that I need in my life for my my partner. Mm-hmm. But also because she heard some of the stuff, that some of the uh, Kevin Samuels like things I've said. Because mm-hmm. my brothers have repeated stuff out of context to her. Oh, ah, you can't. And she context. comes. I just talked to him, one of them, about this today. And so then she'll come at me and be like, so this is what you feel like? This is what you think? And I'll be like, yo, this is not even how that was said. Like, right. 
I need you to, Ma, no, calm Sometimes down. He's out of context when you say that. Ma, calm down. This is not how that was said. Like, this is not what was meant. Like, like it's not what it sounds like. And then it gets to the point where it's like, it's like, yo, no, this is this is what you meant. And it's like, no, this is this is not how. Oh man, somebody help me, please. <laughs> right. Because honestly, it's not, you're not gonna win. Okay. One thing I say, like when a woman has a strong opinion, they gonna stick by that. <laughs> man, like she's just like, this is what your yeah. brother said. This is what came out of his mouth, and he said you said it. And I'm like, I didn't say it like that. Right. Why no. y'all? Anyway, mad it? At them. Why y'all putting? You setting me up, man. Every Wait. time I come over to the house, there's another mm. thing that I'm getting in trouble for. Mm. Man, you know what that's like? That's like you know that game that we played. Um, I forgot what it was called, but it's like um, you whisper. You get like a group of people. You whisper something in their ear. Telephone. Yeah. Telephone. Yeah. So you travel <laughs> around and see if you get the same exact message. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, and that's you not never what I do. Say. That's like that's not what I said when the conversation first started. And you never get the same message on telephone because how could you? Right, for sure. Like y'all passing something down the line, like mm-hmm. you're not getting the same. It, it, uh, oh man, that's crazy. It's, uh, it's irritating, mm-hmm. getting me in trouble. Now I come over there and randomly, while after I get situated, and, I, and this is how she does. She don't ever like lead into it or nothing it'd be like i'm mm-hmm. sitting at the house or whatever after i get there maybe like an hour and a half in chilling and everything we having great conversation and all of a sudden so yeah you hate women right i'm like mom and i'm then uh-huh which what, i hate what 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 would make you say that like mm-hmm. i what swear if my mom didn't like if my mom didn't know me so well i think she would probably think i was gay with house <laughs> <laughs> how, how my how my brothers make maybe make it perceived that I'm bashing mm-hmm. women, right? And I'm mean, like, I'm not bashing women, but a lot of the stuff I say is kind of like the same stuff I say in a podcast, but they just take it out of context. Yeah, which is really what kind of this is me just getting off subject, but that kind of what like media does. Like media does take things out of context and just run with it, and they make that the headline. But they don't care about the context before then. I'm like, no, 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 mom. Let me tell I'm like, mom, let me tell you the right way. Wait, let me tell you how I said it, not from another person. Because you thinking B, and I'm talking about A right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, my God. Let's get into today's topic. We, all right, man, what's today's topic, we got all man? topic today's already. Topic? Dang. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's good, though. It's good. You know, like I say, you know, we need that type of... um. My lord, I couldn't even like get on topic today before I got off topic. No, nah, for real. <laughs> Man, we talked about um, Take Your Time Pastor, then we talked about the music, and now we're talking about women hating. I'm like, <laughs> okay, Mike, what's today's topic? What's Mike, today's topic? why do you hate women? I'm like, that was not the subject for today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So today what we're about to unpack is we're about to get into uh, – religious customs mm-hmm. and rules we're just gonna say you know what we're gonna get into the rules and regulations of religion in the church and how it's turning some people away and how some people are just do- disobedient and don't want to follow the word mm. okay so for example let's say all right uh, i'll just go first with one of the rules right or regulations mm-hmm. right 
always uh in church we were always taught that um when you walk into the house of God mm-hmm. if you're a man the hat comes off before you walk in the door that was a rule that was a rule regulation that was something if you didn't adhere to that like you walk through the door a deacon got at you you know what I mean Mm-hmm. So, is that a? That's one of those. Uh, so, wow, I'm stumbling over my words. Okay, take your time, Pastor. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Got to. I, that's I, an accurate time to say that, though. But mm-hmm. to me, and everything I study, where in the Word of God does it say when you walk into the house of the Lord, you got to have that hat off before you walk in a building? And now, mind you, this was even the case when I was living in Michigan. Now, Rodney, mm-hmm. you know how cold it is in Cleveland. All right? Oh, man, freezing. All right. Freezing Michigan got colder. Hooey. But they want you to have that hat off before you mm-hmm. got into the building. Now, on some, a lot of churches, you had this little, you know, you had like a double door area. So you had a door that led into this little walk area before you got to the second door into the actual you know church building you know what i mean mm-hmm. i forget how you, i don't know how you say it but like they have it a lot of buildings and businesses that way you could like close umbrellas and stuff before actually walking in and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you were expected to have your hat off in there um i even got yo i got griped that down here about it at this church one time because i had my really? hat on right but what you know what the kicker hat? is those other folks that have their hats on on a daily, on a, almost a weekly basis, it just depends on the kind of hat. Okay, so what hat were you wearing? Oh, I had a work hat on still. Oh, the the helmet? No, 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 not a no, not a hard hat. I had an actual hat that I used for work. Oh, like okay, a, it was a beanie. Okay, it was a brown beanie because oh, the, like the Marvin Gaye. Uh, nah, because the Marvin Gaye one looked better. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This didn't look too appealing necessarily. Okay. But it was freezing in that church. Mm-hmm. And it was freezing outside. So I didn't take my hat off. Hmm. I kept that sucker on. Um, And so, yeah, they had a, uh, they, they said something about that. But again, is that a thing that's a rule and a regulation according to the word? Is that a principle? Mm-hmm. Or is that just something we created because in our minds, this is how you have to show respect and reverence to God. Now, understand you have to be you have to reverence God and you should want to always, you know, first of all, you should always want to look your best when you come to the house of the Lord. Right. For sure. Um, And uh, and that's that's something that's kind of like examples in the Bible. Now, like they don't never specifically say, hey, you got to wear Sunday's best to church. Right. But. You see examples of like, for example, like the priestly garments and everything that the priests had to wear when they came into the temple and things of that nature. But like it, it does make sense. You want to look good when you come into the house of God, not mm-hmm. because you're trying to pick somebody, but because you want to look presentable. You know, mm-hmm. you're coming in here to worship and to serve God. So if you have something presentable to wear, you should wear it. Now, again, God don't care what you wear. You come as you are. For sure. However, if you have the clothes, if God has blessed you with something that looks decent to wear, 
that's what you should be wearing. You shouldn't come up in here with rags when you got a suit at the house. You know what I mean? So I, I, I do, I see that part of it. Nah, I agree. I agree for sure. Like you always want to dress your best. Even on the last episode, um, we did discuss a little bit about this, how, um, how you do always want to do dress appropriately for the Lord. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I said, we all started off from somewhere. Like I said, the first few I probably earned, not earned, I probably owned maybe two, three decent clothes for church and had them on rotation. But majority of the time, I would, like I said, I rock basically like a hoodie and some, some jogging pants and just call it a day. But that, but then I elevated over time and got better. So see, for sure. Go ahead. But yeah, see, we in this generation now where we've gotten into the... Come on, this is hilarious. We've gotten into the, I'm going to come to church in my comfy clothes and my joggers <laughs> with my chai latte. <laughs> and this is, this is how I'm coming because I'm coming to be comfortable because, yeah, it's just all about God. Yeah, guys, this is all about daddy God. You uh, definitely sound like generational Z. I, I'm just I'm just saying what it is, man. <laughs> That's Generation Z all the way. <laughs> I'm going to come in here with, and, and if you're a guy, I'm coming in here with my shirt that is, you know, one of those shirts that it literally stops at the waist or at the at the waistline or uh, the belt line or whatever. It doesn't come down any further. So if you stretch your arms up, you can see your bellies and all that. And my skinny jeans and like, oh, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> not oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> But bro, this is how this is how we've mm-hmm. gotten, and it's like yeah, for sure. I understand you want to be comfortable, but there's a certain there's a certain there's a certain reverence that you should have to where you want to not come like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You should want to look your best when you come into the house of the Lord, for the mm-hmm. simple fact that you're coming into the house of the Lord, like. For sure. And then we got to stop looking at church as just this building and start looking at it again as holy, as like the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We got to start looking at this as the temple again. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Our bodies are the temple. But we got to start looking at churches and temple because at the same time, bro, this is where we have our communal altar for the community of the uh, of the body. Mm-hmm. The body's community altar is in the church. It's in the house of God. Right. So we're supposed to come a certain way when we come to the altar. You know what I mean? If you have it, you're supposed to be in that. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Some people that are coming to the altar for salvation and stuff, yeah, they're going to come in not, you know, dressed up or not to look in the best or whatever it is that, you know, whatever the case is. However, but like you being, uh, let's say you a seasoned saint or something like that, you know, you've been in here for a while. You've been in here some years. You got a closet full of dress clothes and stuff. Man, if you don't put some of those dress clothes on, you still coming into the house of God. And I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought up what we what he talked about in that last podcast, because now that leads me into the second part of this. Right. So the first part is, yes, that is that is that's, that the first part, I believe, is religion. But I believe it's also it uh, is a religious custom and not a rule. But I believe it's also rooted in a principle. Mm-hmm. This second one is a rule. The second part of this and mm-hmm. with how you dress and is what we talked about last week with not dressing for somebody to fall. Because Paul spoke about it. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, dress modestly. 
you know, don't don't he, he said dress modestly. Uh, don't try to basically do all this stuff to don't put on clothes and makeup and all this stuff for the purpose of attracting p- attention from people. Oh, that's good. Which we do have an issue with overall in the church. People try to attract people with how they dress and how they look in the ministry. And I I hear this thing sometimes of people saying like, well, you never know. Your husband or your wife might be in here. You need to look good for them. And I'm like, I can look presentable without trying to put out sex appeal. That's true. Like, there's a difference between looking good for somebody, you know, looking good that way if my person's here that, you know, that God's you know, wants me to be blessed with, that they will notice and take notice to me and dressing up trying to look sexy there's mm-hmm. a difference for sure and i think that we've forgotten about that as a whole that we've forgotten about all that and we just go man i'm just trying to look this way and this way and it's like but the purpose of you coming to church is not attracting a mate mm-hmm. it's not attracting a spouse that is not why you're here i kind of find my husband right but that's not why you're here and I think that is one of the that's it's a huge issue right now is I think priorities have been mixed up within the body concerning that mm-hmm. like really mixed up because yeah bro you shouldn't we're not in here for that we are in here to worship the Lord we are in here to praise his holy name you know what I mean we're in here to I'm sorry we're in here right now to 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 learn and to hear the word that he has given to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're in here to become better, better yeah. stewards of his 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 better stewards of his uh of his presence and his glory. We've come here to be better students. Like so I don't understand this whole this whole thing of yeah, well we're coming, you know, we we've come in here to do this and this. And it's like we kind of forgotten what, why we're here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely totally agree for sure. Um, Cause I think just hearing on everything that you're saying, um, it's like you're going to God's temple for something besides Him. It's like, how can I put this? You know how like when people. Oh no, you just put it in a perfect way. For some reason, I went long winded and couldn't say that. Oh, did it? Cool, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's because it's like you're it's like you're going to the source just for the resource, and let, let's be honest, you're not really seeking the source. To be honest, you're it's more like the God. If you give me out of this, I'll do a blah 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 blah. But it's like you're going to church looking for and like don't get me wrong, I've done the same thing. Like I remember I went to a few services because I knew this one fine woman of god was going to be there so it's like it's been moments where it's like you are going there just for your own selfish gain but we need to evaluate and go back to the point where it's like you're going to the temple to grow in relationship with christ and that's something i was telling myself the other day it's like lately i've been losing the getting to the heart of jesus of because i think sometimes we get lost in the task of ministry if that makes any sense mm. i remember 
the whole reason why Jonathan McReynolds, why he wrote the song Make Room, because he was just saying how sometimes we get so lost in doing things for God instead of doing things with God. And I think that's really a big thing for real. We have to realize as we are doing our tasks, our duties within the church, with our families, with our jobs, marriage, whatever it is that we're doing, we got to realize we can't forget about the relationship, which is really the key ingredient of living this life, like getting back to the center of Jesus and developing that relationship. That's going to make everything better and stronger and better than ever. Amen. And you know what? Like, it's it's one of the things, man, like, it's like what we talked about before where you come to church not to receive a blessing, but you come to honor God. Like mm-hmm. the first reason you should be coming into the church isn't to receive. It should be to give mm-hmm. your church. This is the place where you're supposed to you, you should be coming to give worship, to give praise. It's the first thing you should be doing. Mm-hmm. It's not about what you can receive. It's what you can give to God. And so I think we lose that. We lose sight of that, especially Mm -hmm. with, you know, certain things like that. But all right, bro. So your turn. Rule and regulation. I know. To be honest, I really don't know much about rules and regulations Um, right now. Let me think about some things I probably. Okay, I feel like this would be good. It's a good topic to touch on. Um, Okay. Eating inside the sanctuary. Um, and this is me just like just speaking, so you can chime in whenever you want to. But mm-hmm. I could just talk about my experiences within the church of um, eating inside the sanctuary. I feel like that's so that's something everyone can relate to. Um, yeah, I remember growing up, like even particularly like when I first gave my life to Christ. Um, I remember me and a few friends. We would, of course, you know, can't go wrong with Mickey D's. You know, they always open, they always available. You know, God loves McDonald's. So um, I remember we was get McDonald's early in the morning. And, you know, this goes back to what I mentioned um, with kids and their tablets and making sure they are um, focused and honed in during the service so they won't be so they can stand still during the service. So I remember sometimes I would smash on some chicken nuggets and smash on some fries. And um, if I had like a coffee, I would put it right up under the the pew because I definitely know it was not um allowed to eat within sanctuary it was definitely disrespectful for what I've heard um fast forward a couple of years um I was doing a play for this church and then um I was doing something I think I was sipping on a like a bottle of water um and then I remember I took a sip of that water while we were just waiting for rehearsal to start so I remember this lady she tapped on my (laughs) I remember she tapped me on my shoulder. She said, you know you ain't supposed to be drinking it down here, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, definitely rules and regulations. Um, let's just talk about eating within the sanctuary. Um, Mike, let me get your opinions and your thoughts, even your experiences that you've probably been through or you witness other people do. Let me know what your thoughts are about that. All right, so I think that actually goes back to the, the dress code thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to first off, let me read Second Chronicles 5, 11 through 14, right? Read. Um, and I'm going to read this out of the NIV. Surprise. Okay. 
Oh, the, wow. I know, right? The priest withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. All of the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Judithun, and the sons and relatives stood at the east side of the altar dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison and gave praise and thanks to God, to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singer raised their voices and praised the Lord and said, sang, he is good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, and the glory of God filled the temple of God. Mm. Now, I could have went back to the OG back in Leviticus when God gave Moses the instructions for Aaron and the Levites to how to consecrate themselves and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just wanted to point this out because it shows in action a couple of things, right? It showed, first off, the fine linen they were in, right? So that talks about how you're supposed to, you know, dressing well. God wants you to look your best when you come into his presence, and it's and if you look, it's talking about how this place is holy, and it talks about how they consecrated themselves regardless of what division they were in. That means you're consecrated regardless if you're a minister, if you're a musician, if you're a worship team, if you're a pastor, if you're a deacon, if you're in a sound ministry, if you're in an audiovisual ministry, whatever, right? And I think that's important for us to all to remember, right? And I'm getting around to the point about the food. Take your time, Pastor. So they're all giving praise to the Lord. And while they keep in this whole place holy and they lift up that sound and all this is going on, this 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 procession, basically leading mm-hmm. into worship is what it looks like. Then the glory of God came down and filled the temple and it was a cloud. And it said, because this happened, the priest could not even do their jobs Mm. because of the glory of God in that place. Right. Now, if you have a place like that and it is so is super holy. Mm -hmm. Why would you come in there with food and drinks and stuff that can spill over and dirty the place? Like we're talking about how holy this place is, right? How clean this is. And there's different parts in the word, whatever, not whatever, but there's different parts in the word where God talks about the temple being clean. Mm-hmm. Like, and how it's supposed to be sanctified. It's supposed to be, well, sanctified. It's supposed to be purified. It's supposed to be holy. It's supposed to be clean. It's supposed to be, you know, it, it's, it's not supposed to have any filth in it. It's not supposed to have any, any, uh, well, also talks about sin and everything in there as well. Mm-hmm. But, I think that's where the the food thing comes in because when you think about it, bro, when someone comes to your house, right? Mm -hmm. If you got it designated that the only place that you are allowed to eat at is at the kitchen table Mm -hmm. and they just, and you, you've invited them, let's say you've invited them into an intimate place, right? Your Mm -hmm. bedroom, an intimate place. Cause that's where worship takes us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, when you invite them into your intimate place in your bedroom, they come in with McDonald's, Burger King, uh, Chick-fil-A, all this mess. Oh, the Chick-fil-A. 
stinking up your room. They got drinks in there where if you not if it falls over, it's going to stain the carpet crumbs and stuff for roaches and all that mess to come in now bugs because they bringing stuff in that was not meant to be brought in it wasn't meant to be brought in Mm. you would say it's mad disrespectful and overall it's just overall it's it's it doesn't show that you have reverence for that person or that Mm. thing right wow that's deep so that's part of the way you want to you show reverence to God is I'm going to do everything I can to keep your temple, your house clean. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not going to bring food and drink into the sanctuary. That's that's been a rule forever, bro. You don't bring food or drink into the sanctuary. See, okay. that's been a rule that people might say is religious, but that's one. If you look at it, that's really rooted in principle. That's one of those ones rooted in principle, just like the dress, like how you dress. Mm. I love the way how you broke all that down. That was dope. That was amazing. Especially the part when you said if they bring some, if they bring food to your bedroom and, you know, they bring all the stuff in there. I thought that was dope. That was dope. Mm -hmm. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Um, just so I can be clear, so you said when it comes to, mm, I guess I'm gonna ask it so because it's gonna tie in. I think um, I saw this on TikTok and I thought it was interesting. Um, <laughs> um, now let me ask, let me ask you this: um, just because your parents are in the ministry as pastor and first lady, does that mean the children have to? go into that same route no Mm. no all right so and here here's that's that's another crazy religious thing that we do now right Mm -hmm. so how often do we see now like pastors and whatever trying to push their kids to and say i'm you're gonna be the next one taking over this church this is a family thing your Mm -hmm. granddaddy passed it down to me and i'm passing it down to you and so forth right and you're gonna pass it down to your kids Mm mm-hmm what did God say? Exactly. What did God say? Mm-hmm. That's a religious thing right there. Because God don't call everybody to keep going down all the time in lineage like that. Mm-hmm. How do we know? Look at the prophets. Come on now. Look at the major prophets. We can go back to Eli. Mm. Eli was a major prophet. Was well, was a prophet, right? Was one of the uh one of the prophets at that time. God saw that Eli could not handle his house correctly and did not do what he was supposed to do. And guess what? He didn't have, he, he had a surrogate son come in and Samuel. And he said, I'm going to take Samuel and make him in charge. Now he's going to judge. And Eli, all y'all do, y'all gone. I'm about to kill all y'all. Just saying it bluntly, (laughs) but he got them up out of there. Right. So it is not always about, oh, my dad did this, so I got to do it. No, it's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not true at all. If that was the case, then I wouldn't be in line to be, I would not be called to do ministry like that. Right. Because my mom, my dad, my grandparents on either side, mm-hmm. none of them were pastors. Like, none of them. Right. 
So if none of them were pastors, then if by that logic, then I'm not supposed to be a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Nah, because it's whoever God calls. For sure. So it's about what did God say over that kid's life? You talking about, oh, they're going to be a pastor. God might have said, no, 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 no. They're going to be a worship leader, and that's it. They are not going to be leading a ministry. They're going to, like, uh, uh, the church as a whole, the mm-hmm. body, they're going to be involved in music. They're going to be involved mm-hmm. in my worship. They might not even be called to lead worship ministry. They might just be elect, called to be in it. Yeah. You might be a pastor or a bishop, and you might have a son that's only called to be a deacon. Hey, come on now. Because God could be like, that's not what I put him on this earth for. Mm-hmm. I trusted you to develop him to do what this is. And so that's what we got to be sensitive to the spirit, you know, as parents and mm-hmm. everything. I'm saying that like I'm a parent. But parents got to be sensitive in the spirit to understand and receive the word of God about what their parents going to be, their child just calling is supposed to be, which again, why it's so important for the father to be and the father to be uh the, the priest of the household and the pop prophet of the household to hear from God and relay the message. Mm-hmm. Like what we talked about when we had pastor David on and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the roles and responsibility of the father and the covering of the household is to be able to hear from God. This is your purpose. And this is what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Definitely for sure. Cause I think that was just so powerful because it's like just me growing up. I've seen a lot of, people in a like I said it could be nepotism for real but like even in my my original home church I kind of seen that how his granddaughters were literally involved in literally in literally everything um like I say making them involved in everything when you got other people inside the church who was literally dying trying to um get involved in certain things like i remember when i was interested in doing miming but um like i say i think i brought the word to um to the pastor's daughter because i guess she was like head of everything and whatnot and i remember i told her multiple times like hey like i really do want to begin you know performing and miming and dancing etc but the the ball was never rolled or whatever it's stayed in the same position but every time you see them leading a song you see them dancing and almost everything so or them speaking at something so it's like just being vigilant and just seeing like you have to realize not their footsteps cannot be your footsteps so when i saw that um post today that was really interesting i'm like you sometimes you know they try to and Mike, I like how you said, like, you really got to follow by the Holy Spirit and see what giftings God has placed within that child. Um, even the analogy came to my head. Mike, you probably seen this growing up. When a child is on a team, every parent thinks that child oh, is Lord. supposed to be the star captain of something. Give him the ball more. How come he's on the bench? Give him more shots. But it's like not everybody kid can be LeBron. Not everybody kid can be Odell Beckham. Sometimes yo hey, your kid probably going to win the bench. Let us be honest. Like you can't force them to be something that they're not called to. My goodness. Like you're 
Issa Rae. We had a couple pairs like that on my brother's football. On your team? We had one specifically. I, I forget mm. the kid's name. I'm just mm. going to say it's Trey right now, right? Because that, like that sounds like a running back name, Trey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we had, he was a running back. He was like the best athlete on the team. Now, this is middle school, so, you know, they can't really pass the ball well yet. Yeah. That passing game doesn't really come like that until high school where it develops like that. So, running is the primary thing you're going to do. Okay. So for them, it was, Trey, you got to give my baby the ball more. Why are you throwing it? Give my baby the ball more. And I'm sitting here I'm like, women, if you don't show up, let the coach do his job. Mm-hmm. He got to get other people involved. This ain't the Trey show. And if mm-hmm. we being honest, Trey wouldn't be nothing if my brother wasn't up there opening holes and blocking for him. Come on now. Who Shout he out. running off of all game long? <laughs> that big left tackle who also plays defensive line and getting seven, eight sacks a game. Come on. Anyway. But <laughs> – <laughs> the point being, like, I've seen, I definitely seen parents like that, and especially with younger kids, they get more competitive than the kids are. The kids trying to enjoy the game, and the parents acting like this is the scholarship on the line for kids in middle school and elementary. Yep. But it's definitely true, man. Like, unfortunately, we have times in the church, relating it back, mm-hmm. that you have some ministries that are family businesses. I agree. Um, and that that is that is where we get to a problem, because mm-hmm. yes, God, God God did not call His ministry mm-hmm. to be a family business for sure, and a monetary business for you mm-hmm. to for your family to just be to live off of their lives. Right? That's mm-hmm. not what <laughs> that's that's not what He called His ministry for, mm-hmm. and. You see that that's where the religion and the Pharisees had gotten to, mm-hmm. where it was, you know, my dad's a Pharisee and all of this. You're going to be a Pharisee when you grow up and you're going to be like all this high class and order inside the temple and everything. And, you know, you're going to be the upper class of society within the Jews, the, within Judah, because you're a Pharisee. You basically run mm-hmm. things. But it ain't what they all call for. Yeah. Not kid could real. be a kid could be a son of a Pharisees and really be called, really not be called to be doing all that. Like he could be called to be a, you know, because he's a Levite. He could be called to be a, a musician. Mm-hmm. In all in all honesty, but that's that, that's that that right there. That's a religious spirit. Yeah, for sure. and to be honest, the 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 family thing that's not even a religious spirit. That's really a that's a that's that's a that's a man that's a man thing. No, as in mankind, yeah. it definitely is for sure. Um, it kind of remind me of this movie. Um, it's a great movie, I, by the way. So if anybody sees it, I really do recommend it. Um, it's a movie. It's called. Is it Favorite Son? I think it's called Favorite Son. But um, it's definitely a faith based movie that's on BT Plus. Um, it got Jonathan McReynolds um and Ro Timmy in it. So pretty much it's about. Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think. Who's Ro Timmy? Trying to think, you ever seen Power? No, I saw the first. I think I saw the first episode. Saw all the uh, Mm -hmm. unmentionables of the lady from uh, Notorious. Anyways, and I was like, I can't watch this again. (laughs) I was like, I can't watch this show. (laughs) So okay, so it's the light skinned one who kind of got like a mohawk, kind of like buff look looking dude, like light skinned dude. Okay, so well, Amari Hardwick. No, 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 not him. Ah, what's his name? But but he's also a singer too. He be doing like 
like more like a Nigerian um Afrobeat style with his music. Juicy uh, Smoothie. Not him. <laughs> oh, wrong show. Wrong show, wrong show. Y'all know about Juicy Smoothie? Um Okay, yeah, so 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 pretty much. Man, I, I'm gonna send you um what he looks like, but if I if you see him, Mike, you'll know where he, he came from. But um so pretty much it's about two brothers who who love music. Um so Jonathan McReynolds character, like um him in the choir, they got their own um group that's called So Gifted. And so, you know, Jonathan Reynolds, you no, know, he's in the background. So he's just that brother where he really just wants to do music because he just loves music. And he has his um, brother in the group. He, he just sings. So he's kind of like that, you know, the, the player type of um, type of character or whatever. Um, like love music, but also, you know, play around the field a lot. So their dad, the pastor, um, you know, like, like I said, being, you know, ma- malicious, getting, you know, like money hungry. Like he does this ungodly move where um, just because another record label gospel artist wanted to sign their group to, you know, do music at, um, at a left field. The pastor ended up just saying, um, you know, we're, we're going to do an album and with Tevin, um, not Tevin Campbell with um, Jonathan McReynolds character. Um, he said, I know you're going to produce all the, all the music and yada, 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 yada. And then made him like the head of the ministry and told the son who's like a player, like, no, I'm opening up a church in Houston. I want you to be the lead pastor and you got to get married within like the next few weeks with Tammy. So literally that push in that Yo, movie. Yo, that's wild. It's, it's, it's wild. Look, it's funny. Like, I might the brother need to see that. That's wild. It's, it's crazy. And it's, it's funny because the brother who's like more of like, like a player, you know, still trying to have his cake and eat too. He said, wait, married? Like, dad, I'm too young to get married and all this stuff. So um, it's it's really a great movie for real. Um, definitely faith based, but it shows like when you do have that father figure who is trying to make the pieces on the chessboard move without God's will, and that's really how I'm gonna wrap up my side of things when it comes to the whole family thing. Was about you're submitting to your will and not God's will and what He was saying. Amen. Yep. All sure. right. So. Rules and regular. Hey, so here's one. Mm-hmm. Putting your finger up when you have to get up in church and walk across <laughs> the bathroom. Wait, hold up. <laughs> my religious said, spirit. Oh my gosh. That is up. a religious Man, rule. That up. is not a principle. Intermission, hold up. <laughs> Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Mike, wh- why you say that, man? Because it's something I grew up doing, and now I would be like, yo, I I would do it nowadays. Like, I haven't, mm-hmm. I don't do it in this church, but I will do it in like other mm-hmm. places just because, like, I don't know. It's a culture thing now. Like, it's definitely a culture thing. Like, you put that finger up. I don't know what mm-hmm. the finger symbolizes, but you put that finger up. Man, yo, I do that just to crack jokes. Like, if me and my friends are having a conversation, or even in church when we're just fellowshipping and I'm walking by, I'm like, excuse me. Now I put my finger up in the air. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. We gotta. I gotta figure out where that's from, man. Where, where man. did that? Where did Yo, that originate, man? In, in the comments, if y'all know, man, send us a link. Send us a video anywhere. We gotta know where that originated from, because that's funny. You see, every person did that for real. Nah, but here's around. a real one, right? Go ahead. Here's a real one. Mm-hmm. 
you don't you have to go to you 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 don't have to go to church we all the body if you just you just uh, if if you and me get together and we talk we have in church right now so we ain't got to go to the physical building mm, that's dangerous it's, it's definitely dangerous because See, mm-hmm, you need you need community um yeah you definitely need community because it's like you there's a few things i can speak on about that but you can go ahead mike Wow. But um, oh, uh, yeah, because I because I know I spoke for a long time, so I want you to speak. No, so I just googled the the thing, right? The finger, the finger. (laughs) So oh, googled the finger. What? So this is the theory during slavery. Oh Lord. Oh Jesus. I know already. Ah, dang. During slavery, blacks have limited opportunities to worship. When they could, even the masters would still interrupt service and send for certain people. Those people, out of respect for the service, would hold up a finger, usually the pointer, not the middle one, to symbolize two things. One, that they were sorry for interrupting service and wanted to show respect. And two, they hoped to return the one moment, symbolizing finger, even though that moment usually outlasted the service. Return in, I'm sorry, they wanted to return in one moment. Mm. All right, that wasn't fun anymore. I I don't know nah, if I wanted to know that. Man, that was that's wild, G. Uh, wow. Okay. Dang. Uh What did I just say? Um I said, "Oh, uh, yeah. going to church, right?" Yeah. Goodness, yeah. wow. That really just deflated everything. Right. Uh <laughs> So we see in the word where Paul tells you not to forsake the assembling of the brethren and everything, right? And if you look in the word, going back to the Old Testament, getting together and going to the church was it going to the temple or the tabernacle was not something to take lightly. And it was something that you needed to do. You First off, like you needed to do it because one, you need to bring your sacrifice at least yearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to bring your sin sacrifice and whatnot. And also, when you look at it, like, people couldn't get into the presence of God without being there. Now, we know we can get into the presence of God on our own now, for the most part, right? You could be at home and get into the presence of your God and worship. Mm-hmm. However, there's a reason why he said, don't is- forsake the assembly of the brethren. If you look all the way in the New Testament, Jesus is teaching about people, right? Right. And he's teaching about loving your neighbor. Come on now. Right? And he's teaching about loving your neighbor as God lo- as you love yourself and as God loves you. And if you look in the book of Acts mm-hmm. where the first at church has been formed now, they did everything for each other, right? They mm-hmm. sold their possessions, and if someone had lack or need for something, that need was met. We're supposed to be together. It is not good for man to be alone. Come on. We're supposed to be together, and this is hurting me when I say this because I like to be alone. <sighs> but we're not supposed to stay away from the gathering of the body. One, 
because it edifies our spirit. It edifies us. People might want not want to hear that, but it does edify us Two, as much as you want to say, oh, I can read the word on my own and things of that nature. God has assigned you to a body and a leader. He has assigned you to a community. Mm -hmm. Look throughout all the New Testament. You are supposed to be a part of a community of believers. Mm -hmm. There's strength in numbers. There's accountability in numbers. We might have problems sometimes. We're human still. I think the problem is people want to look at the church and say that we're supposed to be perfect individuals and they forget that we're still human. We're going to make human mistakes. We're going to have human moments. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be all super spiritual all the time. And because of that, we're supposed to be together. We're not Mm -hmm. supposed to stay away from each other. We're supposed to be interacting with one another. We're supposed to be together. If you read, it said whenever they had a chance, they were breaking bread. Every time they got the chance. That's true. That's true. Do we understand what breaking bread symbolizes and what that is to have a meal with somebody? Having a meal with somebody is like the ultimate way of fellowship. And it always has been. There's something about and we look at this even psychologically and sociologically. Yeah. And sociologically, when it comes to people sharing meals, it is the ultimate communal experience. When big business deals get done, how many times do we hear they got done over dinner? When anything gets done, we have dinner. I want to introduce this woman to my family and my parents because I think I'm about to marry her. I'm inviting her to family dinner. People love to eat. She want to invite me to, she want me to meet her parents. We don't just randomly meet. She invites me to dinner. Why? Because that is a fellowship moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And it says they were doing this every chance they got. They were having this fellowship. They were breaking bread. Folks were always at the church. They were always around each other because just like Jesus said, man, as iron sharpens iron, Mm -hmm. one man must sharpen another. We are supposed to be here for each other and sharpening each other, strengthening each other spiritually. Mm -hmm. And for you to say, oh, well, I don't need to be at the church for that. You don't necessarily need to be at a church building. You're right. You don't need to be at the church. You don't need to be at the temple for that. Mm -hmm. You know what you do need to be at the temple for, though? God has gotten and people don't want to hear this. God appointed you a leader. Mm -hmm. How do we know God appointed leaders over you? Right. Because it says in the word first, he gave apostles. Mm -hmm. Then he gave prophets. Then he gave evangelists, teachers and pastors. That's all we get the fivefold ministry from, right? Yeah. He gave you leaders to be in charge of the community. He gave you leaders to bring forth the word of God. Everybody, yes, everybody has the ability to hear from God. This is true. If you are a believer, you are in the spirit, you have the ability to hear from God. Does that mean God's about to tell you everything? No, because he uses man. And the problem we have and a lot of people have is they don't want to they want to pretend like they can cut out man, cut out the middleman and go straight to God for every single thing and hear from. Him, and that's not the case. No, that's not the case. There's a reason God called pastors and certain people to preach his word. Mm-hmm. Because he called them to dedicate their entire lives, basically, to studying the word of God and from hearing from him on what needs to be taught to his congregation that day. 
He ain't telling you that. He ain't telling that to everybody. Why? Even if he told you, would you do it? Would you put the money, would you put the time in, the honest time to actually study the word that way? Mm-hmm. No. Most people don't even open their Bibles on a consistent basis. Collecting dust. So that right there, that's one of those, like I said off the top of the show, is not wanting to submit. Mm-hmm. That's what that's an example of. That's not a religious spirit. That's a principle. And what the denying of that is people that don't want to submit to authority and don't want to submit to the structure that God has put in place. Homie, don't play that. Nah, it's true. Um, From my side, when I'm thinking about this, it's really a multitude of things. Um, I think really... I guess one of the main things I thought about at first, as you were saying this, Mike, was how really the main thing was like how it's not good for a man to be alone. Because when you're by yourself, it does give the enemy a chance to deceive you into thinking something and thinking that it's right. But when you're around others, when you're around a community, um, they're able to give you accountability. uh, Accountability. Accountability. Man, I definitely have some <laughs> Daffy Duck, Porky Pig stuff going on. I ain't going to fake to you. <laughs> but you really do have a moment for correction, which is why, you know, God always wants people. Like I said, God created people for a reason, for how, like, even the Bible it says, let us not neglect us meeting together. Let's not neglect that. And like I said, we're in a generation of people when they say, oh, I don't like people. Oh, I'm an introvert. This is how I've always been. You know, I don't need church, but it's like you may you may say that, but you need it more than you will know. And that's how you know the enemy is really doing his thing, because he has deceived you so much. You actually believe that you're OK by yourself. But be honest, everybody needs community. I can, I can give you a point just because you're not in a sanctuary does not mean you're not worshiping. You may not worship God, but you're a community at a football game. Mm-hmm. You're at a community at a baseball game. You're at a community when the new shoes drop and all the all y'all are in lines waiting for that. Come on. All of y'all are in a community to see uh the baby concert. <laughs> same same thing. You're under a building, waving your hands up in the air, acting a fool. Same thing. Giving your just not God. You're, you're you're in worship. You are in you're worship creating to a person. A, worship to a person. So you can do that if you can do the same exact thing, put the same type of energy. If you do that under the house of the Lord and submit to what He says, you can see, hey, I'm good around these people. You know what? They're making me better. But sometimes we want to do how how you say it, Mike. We want to do what is comfortable and do it our way, but how the word says God's way is not our way it's not gonna feel good when we are in this community it's not gonna feel good when someone try to correct us and say hey we shouldn't be doing this it's it's gonna feel bad it's going to it's not gonna feel good all the time but it's to make you better um and the second thing was like how do you feel like you're not meant to be around community when Jesus was around community Jesus was surrounded by people. And like I said, I 
I said, I take my hat off to Jesus because he was surrounded by people who were just so incompetent. So, bro, Jesus purposely went out there and said, you know what? This guy's a tax collector. You're going to be one of my boys. Bruh, you see how we treat the IRS now? They back then had actual manual tax collectors because, again, this is before, like, technology and all this. You mm-hmm. had people going around collecting taxes. Mm-hmm. You think people like them? People looked at them as the scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, hey, you, yo, you a tax collector? Come on. You about to ride with me. Come with me. He took one guy and was like, hey, Judas, I know you a thief, but hey, you about to ride with me. Man, it's so crazy because, like, you have the, oh, my gosh, you have God's son, powerful, can do anything he can. And he said, yo, I want you to ride with me on this. I want you to come with me. Like, yo, that's so, my dude has so much patience, so much like, I want you to come with me. Come, come with me on, on this journey while I'm about to do A, B, C, and D. And it's like he surrounded himself with people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he chose, let's say that key word is chose. It's like I'm deciding to pick you to come with me on my assignment. Even though I don't have to, but I want to bring you with me. Man, that is like so powerful. That's so dope and so amazing. Where it's like, I could be alone. I could just walk there by myself, but but no, like, and this is how you say he was on, on assignment because I need to show you God's will through me. I want to show you God's love, how I'm going to love you. I'm going to help feed you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to show you miracles on what I can do so you can do the same thing through other people. That's why I'm taking you. And that's the reason why we are in community with people so we can be exposed to other things. Same thing with clothes we was talking about. Mike, I didn't know I needed to dress better until I saw other people in the church who was dressing better. Oh, I want to give me a three-piece suit. Hey, I'm going to give you some nice shoes. Like, hey, he's, he's praying. Like, he's reading his word. How do you study the Bible? It's through exposure God exposes himself. That's why I say it's important to have people because God uses people, nonverbal and verbal, through their actions. That's why it's that's why it's important to be inside the church building because you're seeing other people living God's way. Rodney, I hope you're good because we're about to go over a little bit today. Because um, <laughs> there's a couple more things that I feel the spirit laying on me, right? All right, come on. One thing that I want to hit on real quick in this are these rules or regulations. Or are they spiritual things or are they just religion and man? Mm-hmm. Shaming somebody in front of the church because of something they did. Mm. Let's talk about that. Come on. Because you have a lot of old school churches that did this. I don't know about too many of them that do this kind of thing now because we've gotten real new agey, which I have things to say about that, too. However, 
I want to bring up an example of something, right? And I've heard many other things about this, and this is what creates actual church hurt and makes people leave. Mm-hmm. The way they used to be hard on women and girls specifically. Mm-hmm. My mom got pregnant me at 17, right? Mm-hmm. Her church and her mom's church made her go to the front of the congregation. The pastor's wife made her stand in front of the congregation and apologize to the church for her getting pregnant out of wedlock. Mm. Can you have any idea how humiliating something like that would be? It's like, I already know that I messed up, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm pregnant because of that. And everybody else is going to see that I'm pregnant. And they're going to know my child. Right. But for you to make somebody get up in front of the church and apologize to the congregation for a mistake. That's wrong. Definitely. You are you are passing judgment and shaming somebody for making a mistake. Instead of coming to them and showing love. And telling them, listen, you might have made a mistake, but listen, God got you. Everything is going to work out because everything works out for the good of God. Right. If God allowed you to get pregnant, then it was in his plans. But to do something like that is what makes people leave church. And this is why the church has this is one of the reasons the church has such a bad stigma is because how they handled situations like that in the past. And the history of how they've handled things. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, Rodney. If you were me in that position, would you stay at the church? Mm-mm. The moment they tried to tell me something like, you got to get up here and apologize for, you know, screwing up. Dog, you know, it would take everything inside me not to sell, say F you to whoever told me that. And then not, but I'm definitely leaving. That's, that's what, that's not even a question. I'm leaving. Right. It's how I go out now that's 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 gonna be the struggle. Do I go out showing my behind or I just leave? And yes, that's not how you're supposed to handle things, Mike. I understand it. But that's not how we're supposed to handle things as a body of believers. That is a super religious spirit that does not belong in a church. Mm-hmm. We don't condemn each other. We don't that's condemn true. anybody. You don't, this is not what we were called to do. You're not called to drive others away from the presence of God. And this isn't an isolated incident because this is something I've heard too many times. Oh, this girl wore pants one point and we going to tell the pastor now she gets sit down for ministry for a long time mm-hmm. because this church don't believe in women being able to wear pants, which is also another religious spirit that's and before we even get there the same place where it tells women you know what uh, you know in the word it tells women not to wear men's clothes and men wearing women's clothes right mm-hmm. so there's some people that take that as women can't wear pants at all ever i know a lot of pentecostals pentecostal churches are like that mm-hmm. like women aren't allowed to wear pants and some of them, it's so serious. It's like, no, you're not allowed to wear pants anywhere ever. You shouldn't even own a pair of pants. Mm-hmm. You're only supposed to wear dresses and skirts that go to the floor. Right. 
that's a religious spirit. When it says you ain't supposed to wear each other's clothing, men, you shouldn't be wearing clothes made for women. Women, you shouldn't be wearing clothes made for men. If those jeans were made for women, then they're made for women. Those are women's clothes. That's a side tangent, but that was another little that's another (laughs) little one right there born out of the same thing about the shaming thing and the women thing. We have bashed and we have hurt women way too much. We've hurt people in general. Mm-hmm. the church as overall with stuff like this and that is legitimate church hurt i know we talked about church hurt before in a previous episode and how a lot mm-hmm. of stuff isn't actually church hurt this stuff is actually church hurt yeah you coming at somebody because they made a mistake and now you telling them to go to the front and apologize to the congregation that's creating church hurt mm-hmm. you chastising somebody over wearing appropriate clothing because you personally, as a you and your your ministry doesn't believe necessarily in them wearing jeans, but because they wore jeans to school or something, like now you're gonna no, nah, that's church hurt. That's religious spirit. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that need to be changed. Those are the things that we cannot allow to keep happening within the ministries we serve. Yeah, for sure. And it goes back to something I've said before in a previous episode of. We as believers got to start holding ourselves and each other accountable for the wrong that's being done. Mm-hmm. And for people who are doing things that are creating that kind of church hurt, we've got to start bringing that to the attention of leaders. For and sure. when it's the leaders doing it, we've got to start bringing it to their attention and sit them down in a respectful way. Hey, I think this is a problem. And I read the word of God and this is what it says about this and this and this. So I don't believe we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And if that's not the case and you're going and, and you, you, you're talking to the elders of the church or whatever, then you need to go to the overseer that's over them. Because if something is blatantly wrong. Then it needs to be fixed. We can't have things that are not we can't have things that are blatantly wrong going on in the church and then us not doing anything and acting like it's all normal and it's just part of church experience because it's not now i'm not saying go out here and bash your leaders because you're not supposed to do that definitely don't do that definitely don't do that yeah you're not supposed to you know lift your hand you know touch not the head of my anointing you're also not supposed to speak on speak negatively on them either um but it's definitely a it's definitely a problem. We're not you shouldn't be you shouldn't be having an issue within the body of people doing certain things of that nature and us going, oh well, you know, it kind of just is what it is. No, it's not. This shouldn't be happening. So we gotta do a better job at I want to say Mm self-policing. We've got to do a better job at self-policing ourselves and and kind of each other as it pertains to the ministry at large. Because if we don't, then you know what's going to happen. The rest of the world's going to see this and they're going to point their fingers and be like, see, told y'all. See that? They can't. Look at that. Mm -hmm. They can't even treat each other right. 
How are we supposed to how are we supposed to feel any type of way about they can't even treat each other right? Somebody come in here for healing and you chastise them. They in here to be they in here because they healing. They need healing. For sure. Everybody needs healing. And let's side note. All right, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, praise the Lord, Alexa. Hey, come on. Hey, praise the Lord. Uh, but a side note, we always say the church is, a, is supposed to be a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. People are supposed to come in, get sick, and get healed. We'll never take it further than that. It doesn't need to just be a hospital. And here's what I mean by that. You can go in a hospital, you can get healed, you can figure out what's wrong with you, get the medicine you need, everything of that nature, right? But we need to be a PHP as well. I'm sorry, PCP. It should be a hospital and then it also should be a primary care physician. Because while it's a hospital is when there's something serious that needs to be taken care of and you're on the verge of death or dying like you're spiritually dying something's really wrong right but the reason i say a primary care physician is because you go to a primary care physician regularly to stay healthy all right so while we should be having people while people should be coming to church to get healthy they should also be coming to church to stay healthy and that would stop people from coming once every few months when things are getting real bad with them. Mm-hmm. I need deliverance. I need to be saved. I need this yoke broken. And then you don't see them again because they got what they needed from the hospital. They got they fixed real quick. And now they want to come back when they need another one. No, 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 no. This needs to stop being just about preaching and about teaching. That way when they come and get healed. Mm-hmm. That they can stay and stay healed because you're teaching them how to be healed and live on a life that stays healed and live a life that keeps them from going back to the same thing. That's why we talk about preaching uh, sets people free, but teaching keeps them free. Mm -hmm. I'm in a bag today. No, it's all good. No, it's all good because I mean, I say it's that's why I always try to remind myself it's definitely a relationship because. Jesus is definitely a healer, and you got to stay under that umbrella of Jesus. Like, if you get under that umbrella, you're going to get damp. You're going to get soaked with so many things out there in the world that is going to cause you more harm. And we make the bad choices when we step out of that umbrella. And so now it's we're always coming back. We're always – it's just like – I'm trying to figure out how I'm, I'm going to say this because so many thoughts start in my head right now. But, like, it's a relationship, and – I guess how I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it from Jesus' point of view, where it's like, how would you feel if someone always came to you just because they needed something and they left? Didn't talk to you, didn't send you no message, didn't even just say how grateful they are for you, but then they got what they needed and they they dipped. Um, You have to realize when you stay close to Jesus, that's how you are still walking in healing. You got to stay under that umbrella of his love, of his grace and his mercy. But it's, um, that's like how in the scriptures, how how it says, like, I am the vine and you are the branches. But from apart from me, you can't do nothing. 
Mm-hmm. You have to stay connected. And like I said, I, was, I don't speak about what I haven't been through. Even for me, what I just said right now, that resonated with me as I was saying it. It's like, I need to stay more connected to you. Like, I need to be consistent in my prayer life. I need to consistently say how grateful I am to make sure that conversation, that one-on-one is still in tune with God. Because I know from apart from him, it feels different when you're not in close proximity with God, when you neglect his presence, when you're not aware of how his mercy is around you. So definitely for sure, like you can't just go to God whenever you want to. You really have to be consistent on a daily basis. And you feel the change and you feel the difference when the more your spirit gets filled with him, you know, you become you become confident in your identity when it comes to Christ. Amen, it's true. And I'm glad you said it that way because while you were talking, bro, I just realized something. Mm-hmm. The way a lot of the churches become is it stopped being uh, it, it stopped being a hospital and it started being a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And let me clarify that, y'all. And the reason I say that is because people treat Jesus as a fix. We've mm-hmm. we've made it a center and we've we've turned church into this place where it can become a fix. Mm-hmm. Where people come in and they shout and they fall out and they go, oh, this has been loosed off me right after they came out the club and everything. Right. Just for them to go back to the same thing they were doing. Now that that's been broken off of them, mm-hmm. we've turned we've turned we've turned it into a fix. We've become uh, uh, there's a lot of ministries where the pastors have become like Jesus drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, y'all, if y'all find it offensive that I'm comparing it to that, but that's really what it's become. We've become a center where people come to get a momentary high, and they leave. And then we wonder why people aren't sticking around and we see them in seasons come in. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why. Because it's so much preaching and it's so much about yoke destroying power and Jesus is a healer. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. He healed the man at the pool. He healed all of this and he, he can do this. And he restored blind sight to the blind. He did all of this. But we don't talk about the rest of the message for sure we don't talk about the hard things and we've gotten to a point where people don't want to hear the hard things all they want to hear about is oh what can god do for me and this feels great and the prosperity and he's gonna double my money and look what he said give he have men give unto your bosom press down shaking together run it over yeah like, but where's the where's that hard message to swallow? Where's that message of God's going to let some things happen to you to develop and pull you? Where's that message coming from the book of Job at? Where's that message about how hard Esther had it and how this relates to your life? Where's that message about comparing how th- things were with Jonah to how you are, where God might be sending you somewhere you don't want to go? We want to talk about everything being sunshine and rainbows and butterflies and 
everything's just great and great and great. But don't say that in the word. At all. We got to teach what the word is saying. Sometimes a message is going to be hard to swallow. It's going to be tough. It says the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We talk about the word being a mirror all the time, reflecting back at you. The word's supposed to cut you. It's meant to do that. It's meant to cut you. It's meant to cut the things where you places where you need to be cut. Mm-hmm. That way you can be healed. See, that's the part people don't talk about when they talk about healing and everything, right? Mm-hmm. When a doctor goes, a surgeon goes into let's say remove a tumor or to deal with something of that nature, right? Or let's say they're going into to to uh to uh, uh repair a torn muscle. What the first thing they have to do is they got to cut you open first to get to the problem. That way they can fix it. Mm-hmm. It's the same way. The word of God's going to cut you. God's got to cut you in order to heal you sometimes. But we don't want to talk about that because we don't want to talk about how uncomfortable he can be, how sometimes it can feel painful, how sometimes you could feel down and be like, God, I don't know what's going on. Are you still here with me? And I I, I feel like I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Even though he's never gone from me, he's still with you. Yeah. We don't want to talk about those messages anymore overall as a church and look where it's gotten us. That's why one thing I'm encouraged about is you see it's like a it's like a new beginning. If you've noticed, like there's a lot of preachers now, the the newer ones that are preaching the unadulterated message and they do not care. That's why I like guys like Matthew, Dr. Stevenson, Apostle Stevenson, right? Mm -hmm. Get online and watch him. Why? This man will whatever the word, whatever God gives him to speak, he's going to preach. He's going to teach. And it's going to, it's sometimes this stuff, man, I told you it was one of the messages he was doing during his, uh, what was it, the therapy session thing with me, you, me, you and I were both watching. Yeah. There was one of them I was listening to at work, at work and had me in tears. I'm sitting here like, uh, like, yo, what you doing? I, I don't like this. Yeah. But sometimes you need to hear it. Apostle Darren gives like those this. messages sometimes like that too. Were you up in here and I'm like, yo, Pops, I really don't like you can chill. We can go home now. Like I'm like, get out of my house. We 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 can go home. Like get out of my business. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yo, like I feel like you. Why are you why are you exposing me right now? Like I feel attacked right now. And if you feel attacked, then it's something that God needs to work in you. And that's it. That's it. Like I said, I know we're getting off the rails right now, but I told you that's why I was like, man, we're going to go a little extra because this is what I'm feeling with the spirit is leading. Like, mm-hmm. we've got to stop being. Man, look. Following Jesus and following God is not for the weak. It's definitely not. You got to develop a backbone mm-hmm. if you're going to go through this walk because there are going to be a lot of things that come at you at that point. Mm-hmm. Why you think the devil wasn't really attacking you like that when you were out in the world? 
You think, oh, the devil coming after me. Let me tell you something. The devil ain't messing with you when you already his. Right. You might have, you know, there might be some things in life that have been a little difficult for you. But the devil himself, man, he ain't messing with you when you already his. Mm-hmm. Why would he do that and risk you running to Christ? He trying to get custody of you. Right. He already he already got custody. He got full custody over you. So why would he get you to go and say, you know what? I want to switch. I want to switch parents. Mm. I want to go back to my real dad. Woo! <laughs> he don't want that to happen. He's he going to leave he you don't. alone. In fact, and fo- folks don't want to hear this. Sometimes the devil be giving people stuff. Mm-hmm. The ones that be doing his works. That's right. How we know that you can be the be the devil's kid doing his works? Didn't Jesus tell that to Peter? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, you were of your father the devil. Mm-hmm. I may be getting that mixed up with Paul. I might be. But regardless, you can be, you might even be thinking you're doing something for good. But you're not. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that's good is God. You can't get into heaven on your good works. Mm-hmm. You get into heaven based on your obedience and submission to God. That's really what it's about. If you want to keep it like you want to keep it true. Good works don't get you into heaven. They don't. That's why God said at the end, Jesus said at the end of the days, there's going to be people coming and saying, Lord, we prophesied and cast demons out in your name and did all these things. And he's going to say, well, he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. Hmm. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Whew, man. Yeah, we got into it this day. Today. We, we did, we did. Honestly, hands down, before this ends, I want to say, I think this was, I feel like this was like the most transformational message we've brought on the podcast. Right. I th- I think this podcast is going to help bring a breakthrough and a healing for someone who hears this. Fam, you know what's so crazy, man? Like, I'm being so real. I did not plan on preaching like this today. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, me neither, fam. I'm like, this, what is going on here? What's going I, on I'll here? I'll tell you, this was the spirit. Because, <laughs> man, mm-hmm. this, like I said, we got off the mm-hmm. rails, but, like, mm-hmm. and, and it kept happening. And I was like, man, like. Well, I keep kind of like stepping out on the message and what was start, man. Because look, that message was the base of what God wanted to start today. Yeah. And then yeah, after I, that, it was just a way. Let the spirit just do what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like everything is like, whew, man. Like this, this was, and honestly, like this is something that I needed to hear for real. Cause to be honest, like I really feel like I've just been, um, I feel like I've just kind of been distant from God. To be honest, I think just like getting lost in the tasks and duties and like just thinking it's a world for real and like getting to the heart of God is what I need to start applying and doing for real. 
um, just because, like, bro, it's like, I need him for real. And like I said, doing this podcast, like, every time we do the podcast, like, my, my spirit definitely gets lifted for real. And doing this episode just made it more um, lifted because, like, I'm doing what we're doing is going to help um, transform people. And it's helping me, too, in enormous amount of ways. But I'm definitely, this episode was dope. I'll say this one's probably one of my top, top five thus far. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of with you on that, uh, man. I, I I had no idea that, that just the amount that was being poured out from us, man, mm-hmm. like today is. Right. But I mean, it's that's that's how the Holy Spirit will work, man. That's why you're supposed mm-hmm. to stay sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is trying to do and what it's trying to say, because mm-hmm. you never know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, you might have one thing planned, and you be like, "All right, Holy Spirit told me to talk about this today." And yeah, the Holy Spirit might have told you to talk about that because he had a he had a plan for a segue. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes, right. you know, we get caught up in I have to prepare this way for this pod or this way for this message. And spirit will move and be like, nah, I just wanted you to be like that. That way it's not you speaking mm-hmm. when I take over. And start this next part that I really want to talk about. Right. And that's literally what happens sometimes is. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will have you start one place. Because the place he wants you to take. He wants it to just be him speaking. He don't want to be anything that you prepared out your notes or nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. For real. Because I say he knows what his children need to hear. You know, I say, when we say, make me a vessel, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. Man. There's a song that we sang, and it's by, uh, it's by, uh, goodness, uh, uh, Victoria Renze. Mm-hmm. And the way the song goes um by her uh and it's real simple right mm-hmm. so the chorus well yeah the chorus of the song that she's saying is pierce me right pierce through me cut through me open me up do your surgical work in me until I see like you see. Mm-hmm. We sang that one time because it's just so powerful, man. Pierce through me. Cut through me. Open me up. Do your surgical work in me. Till I see like you see. Now, I don't know why I just went here. <laughs> but this is this is just what I felt in the spirit right now. Okay. I, and I guess I'm just about to go on again and look about something real quick. I'm about to pray for everybody tonight listening about this. Because I feel the spirit right now saying that this is this is something right now that there's some there's some listeners we have in that we have that this is something that needs to be a prayer of theirs right now is for God to pierce through them 
to cut through them and open them up and do a surgical work in them until they see like he sees. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful, those, I mean, those, that, that chorus is so powerful, bro. Mm-hmm. You're asking for God to take away every, every spiritual glaucoma. You're taking him to remove every spiritual cancer, every spiritual tumor that's in my life, every spiritual thing that is not like you, that's unclean. Holy Spirit, take it away. See, we talk about this a lot of time about, Lord, take this away from me, take this away from me so I can be pure. But we don't talk about what that actually entails. Mm-hmm. Do you really know what it means for God to take something away from you like that? Do you really know what it means for God to pierce through you, mm. to cut through you? It's not a pleasant experience. It's not. It's not a pleasant experience for God to do a surgical work in you but this is the kind of these are the kind of things that are necessary they're necessary for us to move forward in christ they're necessary for us to be what he has called us to be everything isn't going to be pleasant about development And that's what I think people really need to come to understand is your development isn't going to be the nicest and most pleasant thing. Your development isn't going to be, you know, the easiest thing. It's like this when you're when you're developing, let's say even let's go something physical uh, and natural. Right. You're developing for sports. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to. You, you, you want to work. You working at it. You're like, yo, I'm doing this thing. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm killing it. I got to get stronger. I got to get stronger. I got to get faster. I got to get better for what I'm doing. That doesn't. That doesn't feel good. The process of preparing for a game doesn't feel good. Lifting weights doesn't feel good. I'll tell y'all from experience. <laughs> lifting weights is it it in the in some moments it can but overall it sucks like we come to love it as athletes but it sucks in the way that you're literally creating micro tears in your muscles for them to get stronger you have to break them down to build them back up again you have to be broken down to build be built back up it's hard work getting ready. It's hard work being developed. It's hard work practicing. It's not easy. And I think a lot of the issue is nowadays we we as believers want to we want it to come easy. We've been preached by certain people for a certain amount of years now by there's been a lot of preachers that got famous off this preaching on how great things are when you're a believer and how prosperous you're going to get and how God wants you to do. You know, he wants you to be prosperous and he wants all these things for you. Yeah, that's true. He does want you to. He wants the best for you. Mm-hmm. But God never said in his word it was going to be easy. Right. 
there's nowhere you're not gonna find examples in the bible of where everything was just easy for somebody in life it is always about a struggle there's always a struggle. even the name israel he changed jacob's name to israel after wrestling with an angel right and he said that the descendants would be the nation of israel you know what israel means the name israel means he who wrestles with god or struggles with god God created his people and acknowledged in the creation of his people that you're going to wrestle around and struggle with me. Because it's not going to be easy. Having that kind of faith is not going to be easy. When you see nothing in front of you and everything seems like logically like, yo, there's no way I can do this. There's no way I can make this. And God's saying, hey, do it anyway. I got this. And you're like, God, I don't see a way possible for this to work out. It's not easy. It's not easy for you to say, God, I don't have the money. I don't. You know my finances, Lord. You see how much that I'm not getting paid and the taxes and all this. How am I supposed to put an offering? And then God says, hey, on top of your tithes. I want you to put in a $200 authoring for me this week. And you sitting here like, God, I don't have it. And he's like, I want you to put it in. That's not easy. Because we can't see what he sees. Mm-hmm. You think it was easy for Abraham to be 100 years old, basically. Or this time he was over 100. And give up his son. Where God said, yo, I gave him, I gave you a son. Now give him back. Think that was an easy thing for him to do. This walk is not going to be easy. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of hardships. There's going to be a lot of trials. There's going to be a lot of stretching, a lot of pulling. This is something I still struggle with y'all. This is not me just preaching to y'all out of something that I've mastered. I still have to be told this a lot of times when something's happening. This is some, this is this is God test. He's got, he's stretching you. He's stretching you like he's stretching you. There's still times where I have to be told certain things. Like we said earlier about you're not supposed to be isolated. And I made the comment about man, this is what I be like. I just got told that last week because in the spirit I saw myself being isolated, and then I called David to ask him about something. And he said he already wanted to talk to me because he already saw the same thing in the spirit when I said it to him. He already was about to talk to me about that. Because it might be my natural response to retreat. Which it is my natural response is to retreat and say, I'm doing this on my own. I'm not relying on nobody else. It's a big problem I have. I don't rely on people. But it's not God's will and plan for that to be the case. So what's he going to do? Put you in situations to keep stretching you in that area, to keep stretching you in that area and stretching you in that area until you get to a point where he doesn't have to stretch you anymore because you're where you're supposed to be at in that area. Mm-hmm. If God knows you have a weak spot, 
He's not going to leave that as a weak spot. He's going to go to strengthen that. If you're a football, if you're a basketball player, I'm not even going to say football. If you're a basketball player and you can't do a layup with your left hand, do you know what your coach is going to have you doing at practice all day? Drilling layups with your left hand until you become as good as it with your right. It needs to be second nature. Why? Because it's a big hole. It's a weakness. And you know what happens when you have a weakness like that? The other team can see it. And so they start to put you in a position to make you have to to expose it. They're going to put you in positions to take away the right-handed layup and only let you and leave the left one wide open because they're like, he can't make it. So that makes us easy to defend him. It makes us easy to get him. The enemy's the same way. Oh, man. I know one thing. If I mess with their money just a little bit, they're going to fall out of favor. They're going to fall out with God and they're going to leave the church. And how many times does that happen? Oh, I know an issue he has. If we put him under stress at his job, he going to go back to smoking weed and drinking. I know what issue he has. This man has the worst temper in the world. Oh, I know what issue she has. She can't wait for an answer. So the moment God asks, she asks something for God, I'm going to put something in front of her. The enemy knows your weaknesses just as much as God does. Because you've shown him. So that's where he's going to attack constantly. So God's going to develop and stretch you in your weak areas. It's not going to feel good. It's going to suck. Be honest with y'all. It's going to suck. But it's meant to make you stronger and it's meant to draw you closer. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but when you're going through this hard season right now where it seems like this stretching is too much and you can't get do it anymore. Just remember, he said he's not going to put more on you than you can bear. And when things get rough, run to the presence of God. Run into worship, run into prayer, run into his word, even if it means that you got to break down crying or whatnot run into him and become and rely on him to be that strong point for you amen amen oh jesus this has been the godman podcast all right man we'll see y'all next week thank you for tuning into the godman podcast we were help navigating um life devoted to god as a man and you can follow us on social media. You can follow us at the Godman Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And also, we are now on YouTube now. We can catch our most recent episodes. They are now uploaded on YouTube. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. And please send this to whoever God is allowing on your heart right now to send this to. And thank you for listening to us. We're almost reaching... 30 episodes because what mike what is this episode right now 28 29 oh i think we already did 20 i think this might be 29 okay great so that means next episode we're reaching 30 yeah 
almost 30 weeks of content we have been putting out that we just thank y'all bless y'all for tuning in that we're going to continue to create relatable content to transform to renew and definitely to help speak to the hearts of everybody out there in the world who's trying to grow in their walk with god for sure mike anything you want to say before we close out uh i just i i just feel and i, I just feel like we need to close out in prayer on this one. yeah okay go ahead heavenly father god we thank you and we worship and we serve and we honor you oh god God, we pray right now that any person that is under the sound of my voice right now, God, who is listening to this message, Father, that you would be with them, Father, that you would encourage them, Father, through the times where they feel like they were alone, Father. I pray that you would spend your spirit to comfort them, O God. I pray that in their hard times where they might be tested or challenged, O Father, they would run into your presence, O God, and be with you, O Father. God, I pray right now, O God, that they would be submitted unto the leaders that you have that you have given them to, O Father, and that every yoke would be destroyed, every bad habit would be destroyed now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now, Father, that they would develop a deeper understanding of you, God, and a deeper relationship with you, O Father, that on a daily basis, Father, that they would seek after your face, O God, that they would seek after your throne, Father, that they would come before you, O God, that they would not be ashamed, God, to come before your throne even in a broken state oh god god i pray a, a hedge of protection over all of them now in the name of jesus we pray amen amen all right we're gonna see y'all next week